The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. Well, we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, <clears throat> and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And there are two videos at the top on the right side of the page. That's where we're streaming live. Just hit the play button and uh, blow it up on whatever device you got. And then click on the Rumble icon in the bottom right. And that'll take you over to the Rumble channel, which is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Subscribe to that channel, please. And uh, you can join us in the chat over there. We're also streaming live on our Telegram channel, which is Sons of Liberty. Uh, you can find over there on Telegram. If you got the Telegram app. 
We're also streaming on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty, as well as Twitch at Setting Brushfires, and on Roku at Cutting Edge TV. And we appreciate those guys carrying us as well. Uh, on the left side of the page, the left video, is Bradley's show from Saturday, two hours of Bradley Dean. So if you missed that, you can still play that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon. And then um, it will be live. So if you want to catch Bradley this afternoon at 3, all you got to do is wait till then and click on the play button and you'll get a live feed from, from Bradley there, okay? Uh, right up under where we're streaming live is a place where you can sign up for an, our email newsletter, so be sure to do that. And, um, yeah, you'll get one email from us a day. Now, if you want the ministry email, that's on sonsoflibertyradio.com. Sign up for that one. That's once a week on Saturdays. Uh, it has a special and stuff like that, which I forgot to pull out the special. So... It'll be in the archive. You'll you'll get it today, but if you got the email from Saturday, then you already know what the special is, and uh, I've done forgot what we made that. Uh, For the Children, I think, was the book. I think that's the. I think we're offering that booklet again, and that may be due to a lot of the uh, the abortion issue stuff. Uh, some of which I'm going to make mention of today, uh, but that's there. Also, if you'd like to support us and help us out, uh, we can't do what we do without your help, and so. Whether it's prayers and finances or support and popping in each morning, some of you guys are you're very faithful in doing that. We appreciate that very much, your support uh, and your trust as well. So there's a donate button at the top of sonslibertymedia.com. You can make a one-time donation, or you can partner with or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also available in our store as well. Um, <clears throat> although we really don't make any money in the store, <laughs> it's mainly for uh, providing some. Uh, tools that you can use uh, both to be equipped and to use in your sphere of influence. Um, Okay, so a couple of uh, headlines, and we'll take on uh, a few things today. Uh, Something to be a little lighthearted about. I don't know if you guys have seen this, and and you guys listening, um, by way of Red State Talk Radio, you won't be able to see it, but I'm just going to play it. It was just kind of lighthearted. And I got to tell you, I lost my stomach a little bit <laughs> watching this guy. But there's a guy, he's got one of those in-ground, and I don't know where it is, but it looks like it's somewhere over in Europe, at least from the houses, uh, how they're constructed. This guy, this young man, has got all his friends around. They have this in-ground trampoline. You know what an in-ground is, right? You dig out a hole in the ground, and you put your trampoline at ground level, so that it's not, you know, up off the ground level like most of us have our trampolines. <clears throat> this guy must be getting three or four stories high when he's bouncing. And th- again, this is, you know, I usually don't get into stuff like this, but this was kind of uh, interesting. And uh, so I'm going to, just for the uh, the viewing audience, it's pretty pretty impressive what this guy's doing and his friends. And so he starts off. And his friends, you know, they give that bounce. You know, they bounce right as he hits. And, like, after the first bounce, he's up two stories. And then he's up three. And this is the big one. I don't know how many flips this guy cuts, but he's going, like, <laughs> he's going three or four stories up. It's pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, so, anyway, I just I thought that would be something a little lighthearted before we get into the, uh, the more serious things that we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, I have done my share of trampolining and it was nothing anywhere near that. I was happy to get a holding flip or something going on. You know, that, that was a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, some top stories, some headlines. Now, if you guys missed Friday, uh, Saturday's show with Kate, that was really good on 5G. 
EMF and the disease they bring, uh, if they're safe, then why are, why is there censorship? What's going on there? Um, you know, why, why the sense, if there, if, if what she is saying is not true, if what Mark Steele has been saying is not true, if what we've been putting out on 5G is not true, why the censorship? If it's totally safe, shouldn't it prove itself to everybody that it is safe? I mean, shouldn't that be self-evident, so to speak? One would think, uh, but that's not the way they're playing the game, just like they're doing with the convids. Also at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, while you were distracted with Ukraine, you may have missed evidence Moderna had shot uh, had the COVID shot in 2019 and helped create COVID in a lab, or what they call COVID. The SARS-CoV-2, which apparently has never been proven to exist, but now there's seems to be some evidence that they have produced this thing themselves, right? And, uh, yeah, it's right out of University of North Carolina. Isn't that interesting? <sighs> but, that, again, this is from the expo, expo, expose, whatever. Um, again, they're, they're, it's interesting to me how they're trying to pin all of it on China. And I'm not saying that China hasn't been doing some things. They most certainly have. I think we got the receipts there from Dr. Fauci's uh, group that he heads up that he should be removed from and then prosecuted uh, for his crimes. But, um, you know, it's incredible to me that people don't see what their own country's been doing, the United States. And some people said, oh, well, you're, you're treasonous or you're bad or this, that, and the other if you call out the crimes of your own country. Well, look, the United States has been uh, departed wickedly from their God for a long, long time. We have been in, involved in war crimes. We have. There's no... Look, you can sit here and make excuses for it all you want to, but we have been. We've been involved in things that we shouldn't be involved in in other countries. Ukraine is a prime example. A lot of that's coming to the to the forefront now with uh, Hunter Biden and his daddy. And... The Obama administration, and it, it wasn't Obama, just Obama. This was going on in the Bush administration, too. U.S. funding of these biolabs there in the Ukraine. I mean, the documentation is there. This is not you know, political party stuff. This is, this is what they were doing. And, um, and yet, we're distracted by Ukraine. Does Ukraine have something to do with us? Uh, I think with concerning the biolabs, it does. But other than that, um, and who knows, they may have used some of that on us. That may be some of what went on. That's why I say I'm not buying the issue that China did something to us. China hasn't hasn't faced any repercussions for their alleged release of the virus, have they? Nothing. Nothing. They aren't giving us money for the sick, for the dead, for any of that. And it pushed it to the point where what? They were giving out shots. They're mandating the shots. They're mandating masks and all this. But China hasn't suffered any sanctions, have they? Huh? No, we didn't go to war with China, did we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Um, You know, over the past week or so, and we talked about this the other day, uh, last week, about the issue of infanticide. And, uh, you know, Maryland had their bill that's up in their legislature that will allow a mother to murder her child up to 28 days old. Up to 28 days old. This is a month-old baby. They'll allow her to neglect it to the point of it dying. Then California had its own infanticide bill 
will allow for the murder of a baby up to seven days old. And now we've got the Casey Anthony Act out of California. Laws promoting abortion tourism and legalized infanticide for babies up to one year old. I know it sounds like something out of the Twilight Zone. No, the Twilight Zone was didn't even put out things this wicked. Up to a year old that you can kill a baby and not suffer any consequences. See, this right here is nothing more than appeal to the flesh, appeal to the person's uh, own wicked desires, and eliminate somebody's right to life. The first right that should be protected by government is now the one under assault. And as I said the other day, if they will do this to the children, unborn and born, they will think nothing about doing it to you and me. Okay? Yeah, up to a year now. Up to a year old. It's it's absolutely... I, I, it's insane. I, I don't even understand how somebody has a straight face to turn in something like this. But this comes under the... Um, if I understood it correctly, it comes under a definition of perinatal, which can include up to um, one years old. They're already pushing through um, some of the proposed laws here. Senate Bill 871, all kids age 0 to 17 must receive mRNA injections to attend child care in public school. Yep, they're just going to throw it right in there with all the other quote-unquote vaccines. Senate Bill 1464, all new COVID-related laws are enforced by cops. Assembly Bill 1993, all workers in the state, both public and private sector, must be fully vaccinated. As of now, said the law is on hold. And Assembly Bill 2098 revokes medical licenses of doctors, of any doctors, not in lockstep with the COVID-19 and vaccine agendas. Um, it's then they're gonna they're gonna bump the uh, taxes, even as the people are leaving the state. And it's just it's absolutely incredible. And here's some of the smiling faces of some of the people behind some of this stuff. I mean, and forgive me, but here's the thing: this is not misogyny. It's just pointing out what Scripture says. These are all women. These are all women having these things forward. And uh, the Bible says it warns about when women are in a position like this. Uh, it's part of God's judgment, along with children leading them, the people. This is this is the thing, and it's nothing against women. Um, but the Bible says that the woman was deceived first, right? So you you got them pushing this stuff, and the men sitting back. And not doing their duty, which is there to be leaders. They are to be those who are using their authority that God has given them, not to lord it over people, not to be mean to people, not to be nasty, but to uphold the law. And and this is what you're getting. This is what you're getting as a result of not following um, what God has laid out. Now, matter of fact, I'm going to take that in a direction here in just a second um, with uh, something that we talked a little bit about yesterday uh, during uh, our Sunday school hour, and that comes out of 1 Corinthians 11. So if you guys want to be 
going over there, that'd be great. We'll we'll talk a little bit about um, uh, authority, and uh, and also we'll make mention of what we spoke about yesterday out of Genesis eleven, as well. Another um, deal that came out yesterday, and this is from our friend Dean Garrison. By the way, Dean runs uh, DC Dirty Laundry, DC Clothesline. Uh, good friend for many years, and uh, he's had some rough times. Uh, got to the point where he was he was having some seizures. He was nearly blind, and um, he's been able to have some cataract surgery done. So now he's being able to see. So he's doing a little bit more work. So this came from a dean over the weekend. Ten, ten pieces of evidence that demonstrate Bill, Bill Gates' evil plan to depopulate the earth. And with that said, I want you to listen to this. How many of you know the name of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation before it was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. How many of you guys know? Well, let me let this lady tell you. Listen. Well. Dr. Zabin became the founding director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute for Population Control. How do you like that? Okay, so it was the Bill and Melinda Gates Institute for Population Control. Remember, the Mockingbird Media is the one that has told you, um, no, he would. He really didn't say that about often, you know, billions of people off the planet. It is TED Talk. And some people could understand it in a way that's saying, well, what he's saying is, he's not saying kill off people. What he's saying is keep more people from being produced. In other words, you if you get vaccines, you can make people uh, sterile. So you're not necessarily quote-unquote killing anybody you're just keeping them from producing um that may be a part of it i don't deny that that's a part of it. that's what abortifacients are but when you uh, or, or the, the what the vaccine would do would be what an abortifacient would do but then also the issue of birth controls and in large measure birth controls are abortifacients not all of them but the vast majority of them are and um so you know and most people are ignorant of that they just think it just stops conception but a lot of times that's not at all how, how they work. In fact, if you go back and read what Margaret Sanger was putting out when she brought out Planned Parenthood uh, and what she was producing, but there were women who were dying from the birth control that they were giving them. And uh, they were very strong, I guess, in, the, in estrogen, and they were killing them. So I, I believe she spent some time in jail for that as well. Um, but I could be corrected on that, but it's been a while since I looked at it. But I'm pretty sure that's what had, had taken place when she first started out. Um, also, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. No, it's not rare. Heart disease in children following COVID experimental shots is up 17,500%. I'm telling you, some people, I, I don't know when people are going to get it. But with it happening to their kids now, some of them are going to be devastated. There's no question. I mean, any, losing your child has to be a devastating experience. I don't wish that on any parent at all. But th- this stuff starts happening, and you're going to find some dads who are going to get together, and they're going to go hunt down these people. The people making the shots, the people giving the shots, and not telling them about what's going on and their children are dying or they're getting these heart disease and, and things, trusting these people to put it in their body. 
You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, years ago, they came out with things for the um, uh, restaurants and also for um, you know grocery stores, products that you get and stuff. And they had the nutrition labels on them. Remember that? They had the nutrition labels on them because people wanted to know what was going on. And even now, when you read the nutrition label, you'll get words on there. They'll tell you real lemon juice, right? But then you look on the back and it's got, okay, there's real lemon juice in it, but there's other stuff in there too, right? So it doesn't matter if they're labeled or not. They're, they're finding ways of just going around all of that. Um, and yet, people will be so specific about looking at that, looking at calories, looking at you know how much sugar's in it, and all this other. And yet those same people, the same people won't ask what's in that little shot that they're fixing to stick in their arm for the convicts. They won't find out what's in there. But just go ahead and shoot it in me. I you know, I trust you. <laughs> it's 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 a to me it's just such a disconnect from what's going on. It really is. Um Bill Barr and George H. W. Bush, check this out, set up a business. It was an adoption business. It's been called trafficking children worldwide with the help of the church and the U.S. government. When we talk about a whore riding the beast, uh, this is it. This is exactly it. Um, and messing with orphans, messing with widows, that's a no-no uh, in the Scripture. You're not to be doing that. Uh, but here we have the European Adoption Consultants is a business that was set up in 91 by then-President George H.W. Bush and Bill Barr, his attorney general. The agency has been caught numerous times in its 41-year history trafficking children by fooling parents in poor countries with financial incentives like promising an education for their children abroad and then placing them in Christian orphanages where American families will pay a high price to adopt the children. These families willingly buy these children because, in most cases, they have been lied to, stating that the children were either orphans or that their parents did not want them when the truth was that these children were kidnapped for financial gain. Hmm. Yeah, that, this shouldn't be surprising. See, and this is what I'm telling you guys, all you guys that are worked up about Durham, okay? And remember he had this big... Bombshell, what, a month or so ago on Hillary Clinton. Everybody, oh, see, it's going down. It's going down. Oh, see. He's cut from the same cloth as Bill Barr. Same cloth. And what are you seeing here? I told you about Bill Barr just like I told you about Jeff Sessions. And I'm not saying I told you so. I'm just saying you, you look at how the guys handled other things in the past. And you'll see if they're put in this position, they're going to do the same kind of thing. They're, it's all bark and no bite. And we need guys that'll bite. We've got enough barking. We got everybody wants to bark. We need guys who will bite. And so, yeah, this one is a, this one is a lengthy article here, but you can check that out. We post that at sonsoflibertymedia.com yesterday. And then, distracting you is expensive. Billionaires taking one point one. Oh, excuse me, $1.01 billion from taxpayers to finance what? A football stadium. Yep, more, more bread and circus for the, uh, for the little people. And, uh, yep, that's exactly what's going on. Um, we're told 
And this comes from Matt Agarist. Um, if approved by the New York legislature, the New York Bills taxpayer-funded stadium would be the biggest, biggest public handout in NFL history. And this comes from Reason. State and local taxpayers will contribute about $850 million toward the estimated $1.4 billion stadium project. Most of the public funds are coming from the state, but Erie, uh, but Erie County, where the Bills' new stadium will be built, down the street from their current home, will contribute $250 million of the total. That's a huge contribution from a local, con- a local government that in 2021 spent a little more than $1.5 billion on its entire budget. They're going to spend almost that on somebody else's business. This is somebody else's business. And they're milking the taxpayers for this. The bill's owner, which include multi-billionaire Terry Pegula, are chipping in just $300 million while the NFL will cover the remaining $200 million with a loan to the team, according to the Times. <laughs> it just, and, it, <clears throat> and here's what gets me. The taxpayers will fund it, and then if you decide you want to go to a game, you're going to pay through the wazoo about uh, your ticket. Then when you get there, you're going to pay through the wazoo about your parking. Then if you decide you want to get something to eat, God help you. You, you might as well take out a, a loan to go get something to eat at one of these places. It's been a long time since I've been to any of this stuff, but I see the prices going up. And it's like when you go in there, it's kind of like going to the airport. You know, when you go to the airport, oh, a sandwich is 9 $10. Are you guys paying attention to what's going on outside? Well, now everything's are 9 or $10 for a sandwich. Here's what's going on. And they're using your money to do it, and then they're going to charge you again. And then what they're going to do is they're going to get you to pay for the stadium, and they're going to say, well, we want the naming rights for the stadium so that we can make millions of dollars off of that advertising that we're going to sell to you know, Verizon or AT&T or whoever we're going to give it to, right? So they're the ones making out like fat cats while we're the ones being raped and robbed. That's what's going on. Shame on the people in New York for letting that stuff go on. It's just absolutely incredible. A um, <clears throat> couple other things here, and then I'm going to jump on some stuff that we've got uh, out of Scripture here. This guy here, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> he gets on it, and he's got a message for all of you guys that are LGBTQA plus I equals C M C R squared whatever. Um, you you just gotta hear it. Take a listen. Something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see W.R.L. out there. They got they licking their pencils right now, trying to write fierce as they can. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you, that DNA. You can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. 
The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic and that is full of anti the spirit of antichrist, it is the transgender movement. It's time for grown-ups and time for Christians to start standing up and being unafraid to tell the truth. Come after me if you want to. I don't care. You want my head? Here it is right here. Come on, come get it. I don't care because it's time for us to stand up. Now I'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue. They're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell, trying to teach them that mess in our schools. Tell you like this, that ain't got no place at no school. Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. You need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was probably Mark Robinson. That's the lieutenant governor out of North Carolina. I got to tell you, uh, what's wrong with you guys up there in North Carolina? You can't, like, swap those guys around. Um, <laughs> get him in up there uh, as governor. I, this guy, though, he's on it. He's on it. And uh, he's right on the money uh, about what he said. And you remember Mark was the was the guy. What well, he was years ago uh, pushing the issue on the Second Amendment and guns. Uh, just a great, really great guy. One more thing I'm going to play for you. And this one again. This has this soylent green kind of um, flavor to it. No pun intended. And uh, yeah. Take a listen to this because this is um, this is going on as well. All right, take a listen. And this comes from the Reed Report. So, the FDA has allowed nanoparticles into the food supply under the generally recognized as safe provision because they claim that they are no more dangerous than their larger counterparts. Titanium is generally safe, therefore, nano titanium must be safe. But they also admit that known materials can exhibit new or altered physiochemical properties at nanoscale dimensions, including unknown safety hazards that they will continue to monitor for. In other words, the human trials for consumable nanotechnology is currently happening in the public without their knowledge. Nanoparticles can be absorbed into our immune defense system and into our bloodstream. And just like the FDA admits, materials at the nanoscale can cause unknown changes in a person's biological system. Animal studies have proven that nanoparticles are changing the way our bodies absorb certain minerals, such as iron. FDA chemist Timothy Duncan wrote that nanotechnology in the food supply is being held back because the food supply industry is afraid of public backlash and argues that nanotechnology will somehow make food healthier. The FDA is far more concerned with pushing more of these experimental nanoparticles into the food supply than they are with safety, like they said about giving the dangerous experimental vaccines to your kids. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. At least 20 products are adding laboratory-made nanoparticles into the ingredients, and they are getting ready to coat bananas in new nanotech. But companies are not required to disclose nano-sized ingredients, so we don't know how prevalent it is. Along with being a proponent of population reduction, forced vaccinations, and genetically modified foods, Bill Gates is also the biggest private farm owner in America. 
Does anyone doubt for a second that Bill Gates is allowing this dangerous nanotech the FDA is pushing for into America's food supply? In related news, 10 out of the 19 states in which Bill Gates owns farmland, along with at least another 10, have recently made it legal to dispose of human bodies into the municipal water supply, allowing human remains to be added into biosolid sourced fertilizer. Can you hear that? It's called They're liquefying the hydrolysis dead. and is referred to in pop culture as being very, very green. Spiritual leaders have strongly objected to alkaline hydrolysis because they say it is disrespectful to the human body, the vessel of a divine soul. And it's understandable why they say this. In alkaline hydrolysis, the human body is liquefied with lye and poured down the sewer to mix in with the community's excrement. And if that weren't bad enough, this bio sludge is then collected from municipal water treatment plants and used as so-called fertilizer on factory farms. The official excuse is that it saves the government money for expensive toxic waste disposal. Meanwhile, we are all being sold food that has been grown with a toxic bio sludge made up of human remains and excrement, which is then loaded with new and strange nanotechnology. Think about that. Interestingly, the dystopian movie Soylent Green took place in 2022. They're making our food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent breed is people. Reporting for Infowars, this is Greg Reese. All right, so you get what's going on there. It's absolutely incredible. Now, I, I gave that... Sometime back when we were talking, uh, I think Wisconsin was one who was liquefying the dead, putting them into the the sewer. And then, you know, then they have the the waste treatment plants and the water treatment plants where they're just recycling this stuff and sending it back to you. If you're in the city, if you're on the water or something like that, I mean, they're just. Anyway. These are some of the things that are going on. And if you don't believe this is part of the judgment of God, you haven't read Deuteronomy 28. You just haven't read it. It's right there in black and white. It really is. Um, but, you know, we, we talked about this, this stuff that was going on in California. And um, it's interesting to me because yesterday when we were at church uh, in uh, our Sunday school time, we were talking about a particular passage which oftentimes has a lot of controversy in it, as, as though some don't. <laughs> the scripture doesn't. But it's interesting to me because this one happens to do, you know, we catch this often uh, sometimes, but let me read the passage for you um, and, and kind of give you some bit of, of what it's saying. So 1 Corinthians 11. It says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So he's establishing an authority here, right? He's saying that God's at the top, and he's the head of Christ, and Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of woman. 
okay? The, this is the, the chain of command, if you will, okay? And then he says, Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn or shaved. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man, and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. Judge in yourselves, is it comely for a woman uh, to pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. But if a man seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. All right. So, and what and what he does is he branches out to talk about what's going on in the body. Now, here's here's some things. First, I'll let you know, and you some of you have probably run into this too. There's all kinds of people who will go down through here and they will pick out verse 14 and say, "Oh, man has long hair. It's a shame unto him." Now, these are the same people that, in many cases, their wives or their daughters or people in their church have really short hair. The women cut their hair short. And you never hear a thing said about that. And when I challenge people on that, they get mad at me. I've had people cut me off of Facebook, oh, you're in sin for having long hair or whatever. That's not what he's talking about here. In fact, one of the interesting things about, and this will tie in with some of the stuff that we're talking about here, uh, we played Mark Robinson and him preaching there, on the gender issue. What was going on in Corinth, they were a very pagan society. And obviously some of you have heard that within their pagan pagan temples, uh, what they would do was some of the men would dress up and become very effeminate, and they would be sodomite prostitutes. I mean, that's what they would be. And the women would shave their heads bald, some of the prostitutes there. So you get some of the flavor of what's going on. Now you've got uh, people in Corinth who become believers in the Lord Jesus. They're coming into church, and they've still got some of these trappings and some of the mindset that's there. And so Paul's saying, wait a minute. we got to correct this out. The two-gender thing, we we got to sort that out here. Because what's going on is gender bending. It's not an issue of a man having long hair that's a problem. It's an issue of him doing his hair up like a woman. That's what the problem is. Nobody would ever guess that Tim Brown is a woman. I don't try to appear that way at all, nor Bradley Dean. So there's a distinction. And, uh, you know, Philly, you, you've already hit on a topic that I had before because we had somebody submit a, an article to Sons of Liberty. And it was on this long hair issue. And it was the most unbiblical paper that I've ever read, literally. And I, I wrote to the guy and I said, um, 
you know, what do you do with people like Samson? What do you do with people like Samuel? What do you do with people like John the Baptist, who clearly had long hair because they took the Nazarite vow? So they had long hair. They didn't cut their hair. They didn't cut their beard off. None of that. And, they, and there were some other things that go to that. We've been, we've been over that on the show before. What do you do with it? Oh, well, God allows that for certain times. I said, oh, wait a minute. Because this talks about nature. Doesn't nature teach you this, right? And um, I said, so what you're saying is God allows for things that are unnatural, even commands it in his word, but not at other times. Now, does anybody see the problem with that kind of reasoning? The reasoning there that's going on is this. If God can allow unnatural things at certain times and not at others, well, maybe, just maybe, he's allowed the unnatural thing of sodomy or lesbian, lesbianism or transgenderism or bestiality or whatever the case. Maybe he, maybe he did allow that. Do you, see, do you see how the slippery slope can be from that? But no, you have to make <clears throat> you have to bring the scripture together to see what it's saying. So, what is God doing here? Well, he's setting a, he's reminding the people, he's taking them back to the beginning. Where is he drawing all this from? That God's ahead of Christ, Christ's ahead of man, man's ahead of woman. Where does he draw that from? Well, he draws it from the creation story. Genesis chapter one through three. Where he put things in order. And all things are to be in order. Okay? And there's authority that is established. It doesn't make anybody better than the other. Look, uh, men are equals. I love what my pastor had to say yesterday. He said, God did not take the woman from his head to be over him. He didn't take the woman from his feet to be under him. But he took her from his side to be his equal, to be his helpmate. So while there is equality, there is also authority that's given there. And everybody understands this. Okay, everybody understands this because when you go to work for somebody, you're equal under the law as they are, right? As your boss. And we're told in the scripture that the masters are not to lord the things over their their slaves, and the slaves are not to they're to do their work to their master as unto the Lord. So there's an equality there, but yet there's still authority, right? We used to have this old saying, there's too many chiefs and not enough engines, right? <laughs> I mean, that was, that was the thing. Everybody wants to be the chief. Well, no, only one person can be the chief, you know, the guy who's leading, who's directing, and then the other people have to do the work. And even under that, there's certain authorities. So what Paul does is he gives, he gives an authority here, and he sets up that chain of command, and he's laid it out. And he says something about women. He says, you ought to have your head, head covered. And my pastor was going through, and one of the things he was talking about, and look, we used to do this uh, at our church here. We still have, um, you know, some of you may not have been in churches like ours. Uh, you go in, and there's like, a, there's like an aisle, and there's pews, and you know, there's the front, right? We have little offshoots. They're like rooms on the side, and they have these, uh, I want to say garage doors, <laughs> but they're wooden. And you could pull them down. And they used to separate the men and the women into those rooms for like Sunday school, okay, uh, back in the day. And in those times, women used to wear the big hats or they'd wear the bonnets as a sign of their submission to their husband, so to speak. Um, 
And yet, what we hear talk about here is the hair uh, that's on. And that, So Paul is correcting something here. See, gender bending is not anything new. That's what I'm wanting to point out. It's something that's been around for a while. Why? Because sin has been around for a while. This is why even before Paul wrote this, Moses wrote that men are not to wear the attire of a woman, and vice versa. Okay? That we're to be distinct. It should be clear that we are men and women, that we're distinct in that way. And so he lays this out. Now, one of the interesting things is, is he begins to come together, and this passage also goes on to talk about the fact that they have this, and then it goes right into the issue of partaking of the Lord's table. And one of the things that he talks about here in that is that some of them were coming in. Uh, let's just pick this up. This is, again, out of 1 Corinthians 11. <clears throat> And by the way, he says, you know, when you guys are arguing about all this kind of stuff, he says, if any man seem contentious, uh, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. And then he says this, now, in this, in this, that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. Why? Well, he had already told them about, some of you say I'm of Paul, some of you say I'm of Apollos. And that's where he kind of gets a little sarcastic, and he says, you know, was was Paul crucified for you? Were, were you baptized in the name of Apollos, or whatever the case is? No, it was, we're of Christ. We're not to be doing any of those kinds of things, right? Um, so here's what he says. Yeah, that's exactly right, Mr. Wordsworth. That's, that's where my my pastor went, that this was an external kind of covering that Paul's actually talking about. Even though, let me let me add this, because when you go uh, into other passages where Paul talks about this, he, ta- he talks about the woman and he says, don't let your outward appearance be with the adornment of gold and jewels and all this and the braiding of hair and all this kind of stuff, but rather have a gentle and quiet spirit. And so he, he targets who the woman actually is of her character. He said, this is what you need to be focused on, not you know, doing up your hair and all this other stuff, which I think ties to that. And by the way, the word for long hair there in 1 Corinthians 11 uh, and verse, what is that, 14? Um, I think that's it. Yeah, verse 14 is, that's the only place you find it in the whole Bible, uh, the word that's used for that. So he's clearly not talking about the length of somebody's hair. That's not what he's talking about in the passage at all. And this is why I tell people, I said, you know, years ago I had my hair cut because I read that just not knowing. And I said, oh, well, maybe I need to do that. And I went and had my hair cut. Then as I grow and I understand and I learn a whole different thing. So anyway, so he, he brings together, He's he's got this issue of authority. He's got this issue of the genders. And this is what he goes on to say. He says, Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. And when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper, 
For in eating, every one taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have ye not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And then he gives this. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another, and if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together into condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Now here's here's what I want you to see here. Paul is dealing with people who have plenty and they've got a big appetite. So they bring food, they're going to have a love feast, they usually have a love feast, and they remember the Lord's table, the bread and the wine. Okay? And it is something the church does together. You shouldn't be doing it off by yourself. Okay? That's not what this is for, but because they come together for this. Okay? So this is for the people of God. And so what happens here? Well, he's got some people who bring their food, and they're just chowing down, and they're not sharing with the poor people. And they're bringing their wine in, and instead of sharing, they're guzzling it down. They're becoming drunk in the church. And he says, you guys are not recognizing the body. Now, he is not talking. I know this gets mixed up sometimes, but I don't believe he's talking about the body of the Lord, as in a physical body of Jesus, or even the bread and wine. I don't even think he's talking about that. Because the whole context before and after, is about the body, the people of God. In fact, he'll go on into 12, he'll go on for two chapters talking about the, the, the people in the body who have different gifts. And he'll relate that and he'll say, these gifts are like that of the body. And the body, the hand can't say to the eye, I have no need of you. And, you know, they're the, the private parts who do their thing. And they're the, the, the seen parts who do their thing. And all of them are important to the body. And he's chastising them because they're not waiting on one another. Okay? They're selfish. And so when he says, you're not discerning of the Lord's body, I don't think he means, this is what the bread means, the body of Christ, and the wine means the... I don't think that's what he has in mind at all. I think he he's saying, you guys don't realize you're the body of Christ, you're to love one another. How did Jesus say that, we're, that all men would know that we're his disciples? By our love for one another. 
And he's saying, you guys aren't demonstrating it. So what does that have to do with the first part? Well, they had, they had messed up their genders. They had people who were gender benders. They had problems with authority, understanding who's supposed to be where and doing what. And then they come in here, and they're going to be remembering what the Lord's done for them. And, and, they, and he had done some things for the Corinthians. He says, some of you were sodomites. Some of you were this, that, and the other. But you've been washed. You've been cleansed, right? That they came to Christ. And so now they're having a problem at the Lord's table. And we'll see, well, you can see, if you read it in chapters 12 to 14, you'll see they were having problems because some people had gifts. And some people were using them to draw attention to themselves. And Paul was having to correct that. The Corinth church, you know, it's interesting to me, the word faith movement and the charismatic movement often want to point to the church at Corinth and they want to build it. It was one of the most immature, sinful churches in the New Testament, all it was was correction. Just all throughout is just correction. So how do we bring that to today? Well, we have many today within the church who are already buying into this gender-bending confusion. They're not sticking with the Word of God. We have them in there heaping stuff upon themselves, building bigger buildings, Driving nicer cars, um, you know, indulging in their own lusts, and forgetting the body that we fit together, that we're a community of believers, that we're an assembly. That's what the church means. We're an assembly together, and as a result, they become selfish. And in their selfishness, they're not addressing things like. You know, anything controversial. No, we wouldn't want to rock the boat. Right? We, we don't want to rock the boat. Things are going too good. The, the money's still flowing. Right? My, my jacket button's about to pop because I've been eating so well. We don't, want to, we don't want to mess with that. We don't want to speak the things that God speaks to because I know one of our big donor, donors over here is going to get upset if I preach on that. Well, the fact of the matter is, guys, we have a real problem in the country. And the, and the problem is ourselves. It's our own sinfulness. And so why are they remembering the work of the Lord Jesus and the Lord's table? Well, they're doing it because he's the one who delivers from sin. And he's the one who sets it right. And that's what we're looking to do, right? We're looking to set all these bad things right. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that with the Word of God. But the first thing you got to do is repent, acknowledge the King, and then obey the King. And all will be well. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. See you in the morning at 6 a.m., Lord willing. Adios.